0: Welcome to Modern Musings, conversations with the maiden, mother, and crone, where we look at ourselves and the world through the lens of the 21st century. Hi, and welcome back. I'm your hostess, Cindy Murray, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Amber Garvin and Kristen Murray Hessler. Kristen, Kristen Murray, Murray Hessler. Hessler. You call me by my first name. <laughs> well, I do, but then nobody knows what your last name is, so they can't look you up. You oh, know? well. Yeah. Speaking of last names, um, that kind of brings, that segues into our topic that we're talking about, um, surnames, which we're actually here today to talk to you about ancestry and DNA and a little bit of genealogy and some things like that. Um, That's some uh, topics that Amber and I are very curious about or very interested in, and we've done... Each of us separately some some different kinds of research, and we're we're going to just kind of talk about those things today. I love talking about family history. Um, I had a grandmother, a great grandmother, who was born on the Indian reservation in 1906, before Oklahoma became a state. I believe they became a state in 1908. Is that right? And um. She actually crossed the Red River into Texas in a covered wagon, and she was alive um, up until the time that Kristen was born. So I had a lot of very rich stories about her life, and she blessed us with an accounting of her life up until the time that she met her husband, William Nathan Thacker, and uh, she had written out her memoirs and my grandmother typed them up for us and it was so fascinating and I always wanted to know more about her story and um, about her mother who was uh, reportedly at least part uh, Native American and there was some confusion about what tribe she belonged to and among other things but um, it was really really fascinating and So I started on my genealogical journey many, many years ago. I didn't get really far. This was back in the days when the internet was pretty new. And there, there were, there was information out there, but it was a little hard to find. So mostly it was still connecting with other people who had records and sharing those records, you know, a a lot of that, and then backing it up with copies of documents for proof. So, um... And it kind of fell by the wayside when I started doing more scrapbooking because that was something more immediate family history that I could document my own family's history. But I'm still really fascinated um, with genealogy and family histories. And Amber has a, a very similar but probably mm-hmm. very distinct um, history with it, because she actually lived in Utah for a time. Yes. And you did some research uh, at the family history library there. Is that correct?
1: Yes. Um, My love of genealogy kind of starts with my dad, because back when Ancestry, the website first came out, my dad got on it, and he would sit for hours at the computer and make, a uh, write down at least, like, my dad's side family history.
0: And you're referring to Ancestry.com, right? Yeah, Ancestry.com,
1: yes. And so my dad and his first cousin, Bob, also my dad's best friend, but they're also cousins, they would uh, map out the family history. So we have a bunch of documents, and Bob's sister, LaVonna, also did the same thing. So we have a bunch of family documents of at least my um dad's mom, my granny's family history not much was known about my dad's dad's side family history until i started kind of doing the same thing so yes i lived for i lived in utah for a while and before i actually moved out to utah i went to visit one summer um And uh, in Salt Lake City, there is the Family History Library, and I really wasn't sure what that was, but I was just walking down the street, and I wandered into it when I was just, you know, exploring downtown Salt Lake City, and everybody was very welcoming. They welcomed me in. Um, Everybody that came to visit the library had to watch like a kind of a genealogy video on uh, the way that you can search for family members and family Mm -hmm. history online. And I thought that was really neat. So I walked in and well, I signed up and I walked in and I watched the video with everybody else that had wandered in and then. We were led to computers, and a person that worked there sat with me and got me started in building my family tree. You know, you start with yourself, and then, you know, they told me, like, showed me how to search, and if I didn't know exact dates, what to put, and uh, this was through FamilySearch.org, which is. a Utah-based organization, a Mormon-based organization, and so, um, uh, me and somebody that works there that guided me through it, we sat there for a couple of hours and started my family tree. That's very
0: cool. Mm-hmm. That um, just to give a little bit of history, I'm sure most people are probably aware, but just in case they aren't, um, the the Church of Latter-day Saints, uh, also known as the Mormons, mm-hmm. um, they uh, take a very special interest in family histories. Yes. Um, it, it has to do with their religion and mm-hmm. accounting. I, I believe it's f- accounting for souls. Yes. Um, who have departed and, and stuff to make sure that they are accounted mm-hmm. for in the and hereafter.
1: So since my ex-husband uh, is, uh, is Mormon. And I was, I essentially married into that Mm -hmm. religion. I was able to get an account with them and work on, I have since been locked out of the account that I need to recover it, but, and work on my family tree through them. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you can, for those that, uh, you can go on to familysearch.org, and I'm not really sure how limited it is if you haven't, you know, like been signed up through the library, but it is another way to build your family tree. Mm-hmm. And they, they
0: have a, a lot of records, not just for um, people in the church, but yeah, just but for everybody. everybody. they've preserved stuff in general like yeah census uh documents and things like that um so there it's it's a very they also work with Mm ancestry.com and mm
1: -hmm. all all of those websites really kind of work together right
0: and i think a lot of them are actually based there in provo or salt lake city or or whatever so um and and it is it there's there's just so much information out there and i I, I'm not even gonna pretend that I can uh, tell you anything about what's available out there because it's been so long like I said when I first started doing this um, there were some uh, I think ancestry.com was there but there was they were still relying on users to upload data to transcribe um, handwritten photocopied uh, census, reports and things like that. So people were still adding information to their database. Um obviously people are still adding stuff to that database. But yes. um there there was a lot of stuff that was not in there yet at that point in time. And um I relied mainly on things like um bulletin board services and things like that. Uh yeah,
1: I just wanted to interject that you were talking about um Ancestry.com also
0: originated in U- Utah. I, I thought it did. I was pretty sure it did. So, um, so, yeah, a lot of a lot of those come from there because they, they have been some of the forerunners in um, developing the technology to um, have those interactive um, genealogical records, the family trees and things yes. like that. Be- and so... Um, but there but when I first started there was there was some very limited stuff I was on Usenet if anybody remembers the Usenet bulletin board uh, news feed services where you you just post and it's it's a text-based server mm-hmm. um, and so you know we did listserv stuff and um, RootsWeb was another one that I used um, I'm trying to even think what uh, familytree.com I mm-hmm. think was one of them. Um. So there, there was information out there, but it was it, you had to really hunt for it, and yeah. a lot of times I mean it you meant... still
1: trying to do, but well, you yeah, do. but there is a lot yeah. more out there, right. and I love how the technology has grown oh, since yeah. I started doing that. That was back in 2015 when I started that. So that was seven years ago. Just from the time I started and I actually signed up for Ancestry in about twenty twenty. So two years ago and so I now I have both websites and mm-hmm. both family trees. So two years ago and just and I recently picked it back up again within the last like six months or so and just the technology has changed since oh, yeah. twenty twenty. Like they now have the technology that can scan census records handwritten Mm -hmm. records and come up with people's names right just in a blink like uh you can barely read it and Uh, they have code recognition i was actually
2: just searching on this app because for me i find it hard not knowing like my relatives exact date of birth or their full name Mm -hmm. or their maiden names um so I have a little bit of disconnect with some of my relatives uh, on that, and I so I just kind of like will type in their names and scroll through and look. And uh, I was actually just looking at um, that one you were talking about, Family Tree, mm-hmm. and there's like photos of tombstones, and it scans the text on the tombstone.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. It's and very and a lot cool. of that tombstone stuff, you know, there was a big tombstone project. So to date, this you're you're talking about, you know not that many years ago that 2015 mm-hmm. you started yeah, this. It's I was doing this so much be, you oh, know yeah. since yeah I was doing this in the 90s and so you can imagine we're we're really just just getting on the edge of the internet really you know mm-hmm. I mean the internet was there but it was not what it is today and so like the the tombstone projects those were People would go get the records from the cemetery and photocopy those and then transcribe that by hand um, into databases and things. So there and or do you know, they would go and, you know, count the tombstones and handwrite a database and then come back and type it up into, you know, Excel or whatever. Oh, isn't
2: there like a, a thing like a app you can use to locate tombstones now? Yeah, there, it's Probably. like called find a grave or something mm-hmm. oh, yes. like that. Oh yes, yeah.
0: yes, yes. Um, uh, actually, a, a f- another fellow genealogist told me about that one. I have not used that um, myself, but it connects
1: with ancestry. Also, okay. find a grave.
0: Yeah, I. Um, and speaking of that, that um, that that person, that genealogist, that told me about the find a grave, I actually have a very um, interesting story that goes with that and and it really goes along with what we're we're talking here too because I wanted to to share it with you but um somehow uh, I'm not sure exactly how we got on the subject One, night. I have a zoom crafting group we meet by zoom uh, at least once a week sometimes an extra time or two a month you know just to sit at our house and craft. We started it during COVID when everybody was on lockdown and we really enjoy crafting together, but it's so much more convenient to stay at our own homes and use our supplies and not be tied down, you know, and if we need to come and go, we can or whatever. So we just keep it going all day long and people come and go into this little Zoom group. And this one friend in particular, I've known her for probably... 12 or 14 years, maybe, um, a fellow crafter. And so this friend and I, I'm not even sure how we got off on this subject, but um, she knew that I was interested in metaphysical things. And we also had, uh, had talked, I guess, about family histories or whatever. And so she told me about two books. She said, you need to read these two books. And one of them was called Psychic Roots by Henry Z. Jones and the other one is called Voices in Your Blood Discovering Identity Through Family History by Gigi Vandegrift and she just recommended these books and we were you know we just continued our talking and but the the idea about these these books and and I I have not read these yet um they are on my wish list to read But um, the idea is that our ancestors are out there and they want us to find them and that things will happen to make sure that we do. And, you know, like odd coincidences and things, you know, what I often call, um, some people call serendipity or a coincidence, but I call a synchronicity because it is something that almost seems predestined, you know. And so um, we're talking about this and she said, well, let me look. I just want to look and see, you know, blah, blah, blah. She is from, I believe, Minnesota. Okay. She, she actually, her family is all from Minnesota, but she was raised in New Mexico near where I grew up. So she starts looking and she asks for the name of one of my ancestors and I give, the name of my great great grandmother, uh, her name is Elizabeth Burkett or Burkett, and um, she is the the woman that we believe to be the full blooded Choctaw. Um, she was born in Louisiana to somebody a, a man named Burkett. Um, I have not found him on any rolls or or census in, to date, and Keep in mind that I have not been searching for a long time, and I think we knew her mother's name was Mary, maybe. I, I I know very little about her, but the theory was that she was Choctaw, and she was living as a white woman, you know, to avoid um, being sent to live on the reservations, as many people were displaced, uh, many of the Native Americans. So... I'm always looking for information about her because I have a cousin who swears he's seen the roll card of one of our other ancestors down, down her line. So that would indicate that she was indeed Native American, but I have not ever seen this. Can't find any record of it anywhere. And my great grandmother never liked talking about, um, I mean, she admitted to some people that she was part. Native American, but that was a hush-hush thing um, back in the early 1900s and, you know, even in the mid, um, mid-century, mid you know, because there was so much discrimination, uh, and obviously there still is, but there was, it, this was not something you went about bragging about. That has, that has come about in the later part of the 20th century, um, where people, you know, come out of the woodwork saying we're all Native American or whatever. And oftentimes we're not, but anyway, I thought, you know, I, am just going to throw that name out there because that's the name I'm always trying to find the lead on. So I put it in there and I had been told she died in like South Central Texas sometime, you know, um, sometime much later that she went to live with one of her sons and, and died there. And, but I, I hadn't really found any further information. So when my friend um, pulled up a name that matched hers, she said, well, but she died in Oklahoma. And I was like, well, that could be her. Cause they may be wrong about where she died and her daughter lived in Oklahoma. So, because she lived on the reservation. So maybe they did after her, maybe after her husband died or whatever, they moved to the reservation. So, you know, this is my thought. So I said, she said, give me another name. And so I thought, well, I'll give her a name that's closer to me in family. And that will, that will show if it's the same person because they would be tied to each other. So I skipped down two generations to my grandmother, my maternal grandmother. And um, her name was Minnie Opal Thacker. And my friend pulls this up and she says, was she married to a Roscoe Carmen Howard? And I said, yes, she was. And she said, oh, yeah, we're related. So this friend that I had known for 12 or 14 years Suddenly, it's like a ninth cousin twice removed or something. I mean, you know, we're talking way far apart. And I'm not even sure about the exact connection because I haven't gone to look at her family tree. But um she she was related to me. And this is like, this is kind of, I, like I said, I haven't read the Psychic Roots book or whatever. But it's almost like they, the ancestors were trying to... To find, to put us together, you know, because she has a lot of family history info and I've barely started and I have nothing from Roscoe Carmen's side of the family. And he's the one who she's related to. So she's related to my maternal, my maternal grandfather. So that gives me two lines of investigation right there with that one person because she has a little bit of both of them. And I just felt like it was. It was, this is the the voices in my blood or the the <laughs> psychic roots or whatever trying to get me this message that you need to connect with this person. And this is not the first time this has happened to me, but um, it really got me thinking about this whole yeah thing of ancestry and i so i'm now i'm like have this renewed interest in digging through that and i'm so busy it's so hard but i really yeah. want to do this and i'm actually thinking about taking a trip to utah because i really want to go yeah oh, look see, that's, at the it's at the so much fun there.
1: i want to go back like it's it's really yeah. great something like not really similar happened to me when I like got back into ancestry. Um well, it was actually uh not last summer but the summer before. Yeah. Because I have a couple of cousins, like I said, my dad's first cousin Bob and Lavana, they also have um they did the ancestry DNA. Which I know we'll get into this later mm-hmm. because Cindy and I have both done something similar. Well, I've done the Ancestry DNA and Cindy has done 23andMe. Mm-hmm. And so um, my um, Uncle Kenneth, before he died, also did Ancestry DNA. And my cousin Misty, on my, and this is all on my dad's side, did Ancestry DNA. And um, my um, cousin Lavana contacted me one day and she said, She hadn't been on Ancestry in a while and she logged into it because I've been talking to her about it because I've been doing it off and on. So we talk about it a lot. And so she logged back into hers and she saw that she had a new first cousin Mm. on her list. And um, she was like, do you know this person? And I was like, no, I've never heard of this person in my life. And it turned out that my uncle Kenneth, when he was like about 17 or 18, had a girlfriend that got mm-hmm. pregnant. Mm-hmm. And she didn't tell him that she was pregnant. And shortly after that, he went off to the military. He went overseas. And she they broke up, and she chose to have the baby and put that baby up for adoption. Oh. And this woman, who's around my parents' age now, because my dad was like 18 years, 17, 18 years younger than my Uncle Kenneth. She had her ancestry DNA done. She was adopted. And it showed a 100% or whatever match with my Uncle Kenneth, like a probable father. Mm -hmm. And so she had, she didn't realize that my uncle Kenneth had died, of course, and she was trying to get a hold of people. So she was trying to get a hold of my cousin, Lavana because it said, first cousin. And uh, I thought that that was just very, that that was very interesting. So this would be, yeah, my first cousin, Mm-hmm. my dad's niece, who happened to be the same right. age. And so my of my dad's siblings, only one is still living. So my cousin LaVonna got her in touch with my Uncle Sammy. Mm. So I thought that that was very cool that uh, my uncle had a long-lost child that nobody knew you about know, it, this through is,
0: Ancestry DNA. This is not a unique story either um (laughs) i know uh, i know a lot of adopted um people i have a lot of friends who were adopted and they actually found their birth parents through Mm -hmm. using these genealogical things because back in the days when they were adopted adoptions were always closed you you never knew the the identity of the parents um you could not find the identity of the parents and the parents could not go back and find the identity of the child. And so um, I've, I've known several people who actually found that through um, Ancestry or 23andMe DNA or whatever, and have connected with their families and have started relationships with them. And it they say it's life changing to you know to mm-hmm. know to find who you belong to actually, and and it does not take away from the gift of having their adopted parents. They love their adopted parents. No, um, and they they know that that was a gift that was given to them, and um, to to be able to have that, you know, and but to to be able to go back and find those, um birth parents and and yeah you know just to see the similarities in DNA you know this is where my blonde hair comes from this is where I get my blue eyes this is where I get my fiery temper um you know things like that is Mm -hmm. it's 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 very cool um there's also some downsides to it um my husband had a person who he worked with and they they uh, he and he, or one of his siblings, I'm not sure which one, did um, one of the DNA tests, and they found that there was a sibling out there that they did not know about, a girl. And as it turned out, um, the father had had an affair, and the woman gave birth to a daughter. And the the siblings were excited to meet this person, you know, because this is a connection to their father, and she was excited to meet them. But their mother was very upset about it. Oh, I can imagine. Did, did I guess she didn't know about it. Uh, apparently not. And she basically, either that or, I'm not sure if she knew about it, actually. Um, but I could see, you know, either way, even if she did, then it's, this child is a constant reminder that yeah. someone she loved and trusted betrayed her. But she basically told her her children, that if you have a relationship with this girl, you will not have a relationship with me. Now, mm. I do not agree with that stance. Um, I understand her not wanting to have a relationship with that girl. But at the same time, I am i can't imagine ever putting my children in that situation. But it has happened. Yeah. It's not uncommon. So um, they, they actually... Ha- continued their relationship and as far as I know they worked it out with mom later you know she was hurt but she's a grown woman yeah so get over it you know she's <laughs> your mama she's always gonna love you so um and well, if she doesn't then there's something wrong there yeah but anyway you know I like I say there's there's good things about it and there's bad things about it but there's I I just think it's really fascinating um to to open up that whole new world of exploration. And, and that was one of the reasons that I did my initial test with 23andMe. And, but I also did it because they did genetic testing on common um, cancers and diseases and Mm -hmm. things like that. And it was much, much cheaper than um, getting a DNA test from my doctor's office. So At the time that I did my 23andMe, I had fairly recently been diagnosed with breast cancer. I asked my doctor about doing genetic testing because I was concerned for my children. And I did not, you know, I wanted to know what caused my breast cancer. And... I was basically told that my insurance wouldn't pay for it unless I had a very, very strong family history of breast cancer in my family. And this was really weird to me because I felt like I sort of did have a connection to breast cancer in my family. I had my mother's father, his family has a very uh, strong history of having various kinds of cancer. There were three or four of them that had leukemia. And at least three of the sisters had breast cancer. And there were some incidents of uh, ovarian cancer as well. So which which are tied to um, the BRCA gene. And so that to me, because it was my mother's sibling, or my mother's aunt's, That to me felt, I felt like I had a family history there, but that still wasn't enough because my mother and her sister had not had breast cancer, but they were still relatively young and there's only two of them. So the odds, you know, my, my grandfather had like seven or eight siblings and then he only had two children. So it's, you know, the fact that my sister, my sister died before she developed breast cancer, but she died at 50 years old. So, you know, these, these things, uh, the rules from the insurance just really frustrated me because I felt like there was this strong family history but they didn't think so because these people that were closely related to me had already died younger without having developed the disease. So I wanted to know the answers and I was not willing to pay tens of thousands of dollars to do genetic testing out of pocket, and so which is what they were going to charge. And so I opted for the 23andMe because I knew that they tested for the BRCA gene, and I was very fortunate. It showed that the most common BRCA um, mutation I did not have, so that that was a real relieving um, revelation. So, but I I also wanted to know more about this great 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 grandmother who was supposedly Choctaw and to see if I got any of those genes because that would, if, if I had those genes, then that would be the proof that she was because we've had cousins who did the testing and it showed that they had no Choctaw DNA. So some of the family who were were part of that said, well, they don't have the DNA, so they must not have, she must not have been. There, there is no Indian DNA. Uh, Native American, pardon me. That's not necessarily true. Exactly. And that was one of my points is because you only get half of your genes um, from each parent. And so if my mother gives me half of her genes, but she doesn't give me the half that has Native American DNA in it, then I'm not going to have Native American DNA. And we are talking about four generations. Is that right? great grandmother well mother grandmother great grandmother great great grandmother so i guess four, five, generation, five, five generations five yeah. generations of of women and it and the genes are split in half by the time it gets to me it it is yeah. it is very probable that there is no native american G- dna in there unless they were marrying into another family that had that gene so okay. so i have like something Funny to say, and I believe we were
1: talking about this the other day, but, um, so I recently just got my results back last week from the Ancestry DNA, Mm -hmm. and, um, on my, um, both of my great, two, I guess I have four great-grandmothers, or, wait, Mm -hmm. yeah, two of my great-grandmothers were Cherokee, full-blood Cherokee, one- on the reservation, and then the other was adopted out, so we don't know anything about uh-huh. her, like forced adoption. And um, so on my DNA results, I am 100% white, like European, oh, yeah. you know. And yeah. so, you know, as passed down from both sides of my family,
0: I would theoretically be one eighth right but that's not the way that genes work yeah you don't get an eighth of all the genes or a fourth of all the yeah. genes or a half of all the genes you get take the genes and go one goes here one goes there one goes here one mm. goes there you know it's it's and really weird genes and, and well, dominant genes, it, genes override things and then well and that i mean you can pass on obviously recessive genes but the fact is is that if you have a parent who has uh, a blue eye and a green eye and the other parent has two blue eyes and both parents pass down the blue eye gene you are not going to have green eyes yeah you are not going to have a gene for green eyes and so
2: well that then you're not going to have me... children
0: who have green eyes you yeah. know so so that's that's kind of where but i'm that going but that doesn't then. make you any less choctaw
1: you right. know what i mean that because, doesn't make me any less cherokee just right because, because what they're looking for
0: it. is specific markers they're not mm-hmm. taking uh, you know all of these genes and saying well this is a cherokee gene and this is a choctaw gene or whatever yeah they are comparing your dna to someone who is reportedly Cherokee or Choctaw or whatever Mm -hmm. and those common the genes that show up in common become a marker for that trait so that's how they determine that that's where you come from and the more people who have their ancestry tested um, you know their DNA tested and the more people they add into their database then the more markers that they can pinpoint so there may be one or two markers that mark Cherokee, yeah, versus. Well, I don't think else. it even.
1: I don't even think it goes specific as that. At least not on Ancestry. It just goes. Um, well, yeah, indigenous American. Right,
0: right, right. So, so there, there, there's only a few markers that they're looking mm. at. It doesn't mean that the other genes that you have aren't also indigenous American yeah. genes. Well, it just means that they aren't the ones that mark that typically mark this this genealogy. Yeah. So, so that is kind of a misconception that a lot of people have. And so I I encourage people to go have that testing done because the more people that get that testing done, the more fleshed out the, the, the genome research. becomes the research. And then we, the, the easier it will be to detect. Now, here's another thing about that. Um, Amber mentioned that she did it on ancestry.com. Mm-hmm. I did mine on 23 andme They do not share data. Yeah, no, that, they don't. That is not those. So, two. so if you want it on both, you have to take both tests. So, that, you know, there may be Choctaw data of a relative of mine on the ancestry DNA that matches my DNA, mm-hmm. but I'm not on ancestry DNA, so I can't match it.
1: Well, so I did find, you know, even I, even though I don't have any indigenous American DNA, I did find something that I didn't know was that I am, you know over half indigenous scottish
0: okay okay so
1: i i had always thought that my family was irish uh-huh and that is what i had always heard but as i have been doing my family tree i mean i knew that my family originally came from scot from scotland you know i when in 2015 when i started doing my family tree i found out that my family actually came from Scotland, and they were only in Ireland. They, they went from Scotland to Ireland, and they were only there a really short amount of time, like maybe 10, 15 years, and then immigrated to America.
0: Okay. okay. So
1: instead of Irish, I am actually, like in the roots, Scottish.
0: Wow. So um, this is, um, I I had no surprises there when I did mine. Um, I wound up being 81.3% British and Irish. Um, my dad's surname, my birth surname is O'Neill. It C- doesn't get much more Irish than that. Um, and I actually, um, the the testing shows that I uh, have a great deal of uh, origin in the county of Dublin. So, um, but there's, uh, there was also some other things that, um, that interested me in my search. So, um, and I will kind of go through these just very quickly as I pull them up. Um, there is a lot of other European, Eastern European, Southern European, uh, Greek, Balkan, um, yeah, um, French, England German. And- yes. So, um, and that's not surprising because Europe is not all that large and people moved around a lot. Sometimes, um, people intermarried into other countries. There were a lot of arranged marriages, um, particularly with like royalty, not saying that I'm royal, but you know, um, that, that, um, the, the Romans came up through all of Europe, you know, and, and there's a lot of, um, cross-culturalism, cross- genetics there well yeah so, the, the birth
1: of the English language
0: yes so so there's a whole lot of things there so um and then you get into I am one percent one and a half percent um sub-Saharan African and I thought that was very interesting and this this brings me up into the the question about my Native American um grandmother Because, um, Sub-Saharan African, this is Congolese, um, and South, uh, Southern East Africa, West Africa, um, uh, Guinea, uh, ah, I can't even say words now, right now. But anyway, I have, uh, a quite a bit, you know, like I say, it's 1.4%. It's not very much. But for it to trickle down in there tells me that there was probably someone, um, a, a person of color in my ancestry. Mm-hmm. And and here's the thing that um, is also interesting. Because when you're looking at a woman's genealogy or a woman's DNA, we are looking at the tracing back the, uh, is it mitochondrial DNA. I'm not sure exactly, but it's, it's only from the woman's side of the family, woman to woman to woman. So all the way back through all of the females. So if I have 1%, 1 1.4% of sub-Saharan African, that means some female in my line of direct descent was sub-Saharan African. And that leads me in, this leads me back to this grandmother, uh, you know, mm-hmm. that my great, great, great grandmother who was in Mississippi and reportedly living as a white woman, and and I'm using air quotes with that, um, perhaps she wasn't Native American, perhaps she was black um, uh-huh. or, you know, of mixed, mixed. race because, yeah. I mean, this is, this is... Louisiana. Mm-hmm. And it was not uncommon um, for for blacks to intermarry um, or lots lots of and there there's a lot of there's a lot of mixed from race
1: Louisiana, especially like yes. whenever America.
0: Well and there were I mean and there were and I, and stuff I don't like that. using the term, but um, the the term that they used then were mulatto quadroons, Mm -hmm. um, terrible words, but yeah, but you know, we're, we're talking about, um, they would live in high society often. They were celebrated bells of the ball. They were, you know, kind of exotic looking and beautiful and albeit lesser citizens than the white people, you know, as the way they were treated. But um, they also were part of society there, you know, and so that was not uncommon to have them interacting with high society, um, you know, going to balls and, and things like that. So, so it would not be unheard of for someone of that um, racial makeup to be living in northern Louisiana and then marry a white man. Well, see, mine is like
1: definitely I don't have anything like that in mind. Like, um mine uh is England and Northwestern Europe mm-hmm. and Scotland, Ireland, Wales, and then five percent Germanic Europe. Okay. And then Sweden and Denmark and Norway. So I didn't even know that at all. So maybe I have Viking ancestors. That's
0: that's interesting. I actually have um point four percent Filipino and Austronesian, which I thought that was a little bit interesting as well, because um I you know, I have no idea how that could have gotten um how that DNA could have gotten it, you know, there's not any traceable that I know of, um, roots for someone of that ancestry to come to North America, except, um, maybe through the trades, um, you know, somebody, a trader, you know, a, a sailor or something, or, um, Also, you know, the very long stretch here, maybe, you know, when the, when the, the Native Americans, ancient Native Americans crossed the Bering Strait, maybe that DNA is the same DNA as the people who wound up in the Philippines, you know, some went north and crossed the Bering Strait and some went south and wound up in um, Austronesia, Philippines, whatever, and so that DNA has, you know, is matched. So I, I, um, it's very interesting to me. And that one is, is very trace. It's less than a, less than a percent, but it's still, um, it, it I don't know. It's just fascinating to me that, um, that it shows that much detail. And, and I'm curious to figure out, how that fits into who I am. So, or, uh, or who my ancestors were. So that's, um that's a good thing. I, I, I really find it fascinating. And I hope more people will do those testing and, and get us to the point where we um, can compare those things. And there's, um there is some, some different ways, like, like I said, you can go take the test on Ancestry.com and the, um, 23andMe and compare them. And I think there's another test to, um, I'm not sure who it is, but I remember that there's another one. But another thing that you can do also is there's a website called GED Match, G E D Match, And they, uh, you can upload your reports from Ancestry.com and from 23andMe, and they compile them into one large database. So um, you you can share your DNA with anyone from Ancestry.com who has also uploaded their DNA. So I, I think that's kind of a cool thing. I have not done it yet. Um, like I said, all of this stuff has kind of made me more interested in this and maybe if I can catch a break I will have some time to put into it a little bit more. Now Kristen you ordered the test right? Yeah I'm super lame so (laughs) I opened the box and I was like really
2: excited when I got it. I actually ordered mine this summer um, and uh, I wanted to make like a little video of me doing it and um, probably write a blog about it. I just It's been, I've been really busy and I know all you have to do is like spit in the little tube and send it off. It's super easy, but, um, it's also a lot, um, I kind of like been sitting in the sidelines letting you guys talk because you both have like full records of both of your parents. Um, you know, my, uh, perspective is almost similar to like the adopted people in a way just a small little taste of that in yeah my family history because my biological father um his mother and father separated you know when he w- was very small and, yeah. and he was not you know very close with his biological father and um and me the same like I've spent time with that part of my family but like there's a lot of um People that have had uh, name changes from divorces and things like that. Like, I literally could not tell you what my cousin's maiden name is. Um, and so I'm like hesitant to add them to my family tree because I don't even know what name to put down for some of them or how to spell it or where they're born, where they're from, when their birthday well, once is. Once you, and I know. And I'm once excited to start spitting that tube it, and it'll do it for me. Like, yeah, it's like really, once you
1: start yeah. building it, it'll say, potential match and then you go and review it if you just know around enough birth dates
2: yeah you know then you'll be able to find it funny thing is actually you guys are probably like oh my god she's looking at her phone this whole time but I've been actually building my family tree Um, (laughs) because you said um one of our distant Relatives' names, and I was like, "Oh, that's right. That's her middle name, not her first name," and that was the missing link on my tree. And then, boom! All of a sudden, like a whole bunch of my right ancestors, right. you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking only like a few generations back, but I was missing, um, you know, someone's name. And I think for me, um, one of my experiences also is a little bit uh, <laughs> um, on the outside looking in on my mom's side of the family. Everyone is into the uh, ancestry and genealogy on, yes. uh, on the females. So um my aunt and my mom like coveted my great grandmother's uh, stash of things like the memoirs. Oh, yes. And you, you guys were just like, I can't wait to get my hands on that, you know, and she would not like let go of it. And her, her daughter, my mom's aunt also... Uh, you who, know
0: who has not done any pursuit of any genealogy.
2: I found her. She's been adding stuff oh, has on, she? online. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. So, but so that you must know, have changed. It's, then. it's one yeah. of those things where, like, you know there's only so many of those paper records and you have to have a responsible family member that has them and is uploading these documents because
0: well I think you should share I really Uh, do right and and,
2: and that's where I was about to say is like you know my mom probably would let me thumb through the books and the documents but probably like monitored you would probably want to be standing over me making sure I didn't mix them up and and stuff like that and my aunt actually one year for Christmas she made her own um, a little album kind of thing that she put some photos together and put everybody's names and birthdays. And, and I was like really thankful for that because that was the first thing I had of my own, um, you know, of my ancestors. And that's where I want to come from this. Um, you guys have really talked about like the DNA part of it and like research and, Um, you know, developing um, better systems for staying connected with people and finding ways to live our lives better, you know, ultimately, like for medical reasons and things like that. But I also like the idea of just being more connected. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. Technology in the past, uh, you know, 20 years has taken us leaps and bounds with connection. I actually like that grandfather that I don't really know. He's on Facebook. You know, and I could just be like, hey, you know, tell me about you. You know, Uh, it's kind of scary, though. (laughs) That's like one of the things I want to work on with myself is, you know, just branching out and connecting with those people. Um, Because your cousin who, you know, was long lost, you know, removed from the family, you know, for adoption, like she has you know, an immense amount of braveness that like, I can't even just fathom Right, like those people that just reach out like, Hey, I'm related to you. Tell me about you. Like to me, like, wow, that's just, that's something like, I can't even do that to my own family that, that
0: I know. (laughs) Well, and you know, here's, here's another thing, you know, like we were talking about that there, there are still people out there looking for those relatives. Mm -hmm. I have, um, a close family member of my husband who served in Vietnam and, um, he had a child there out of wedlock and he came back, he, tr- he tried to, uh, I, I don't really know the whole story, but, uh, apparently he tried to, um, get the child and the mother moved to the United States after the war or during when he was released from his service and he was not able to do so and he lost track of this child and, when he passed away, his son here in the States tried to make a connection and was shut down every step of the way by other family members who discouraged him, him from, from finding that, um, because, you know, they had, they had encouraged, uh, his father to just let it go and let it be. And, um, it's truly a sad story, and this person may have a great life there. Who knows? But um, he may never know who she is without doing the DNA, and that's even that's still not.
2: It's only only it if only she did it the other so, person yeah. has to do it. Yeah.
0: And, you know, there, there's, there's a lot of that there, you know, there are people who are still searching for that connection and, Mm -hmm. and I agree with you. I think it's a lot about finding those connections. I, I have a cousin. She is many, 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 many times removed, um, you know, probably, well, maybe not as far back as, as the friend who told me about the, the psychic roots book, but she's pretty far back. And, um, and we actually met online while I was doing genealogy. I think she had been doing some at the same time and we've, um, been corresponding with each other for years now. And she's corresponded with other members of my family. She, uh, had met my grandmother at some point in time. Her, her mother, I think is a cousin of my grandmother. So yes, I think that's, what it is and um and so there's a whole branch of that family over there that I've um you know friends with on Facebook we send emails and long letters you know and Christmas cards and things like that back and forth and and it's it's interesting to me to have those connections so um it's like having a pen pal but they're your cousin yeah
2: yeah I I um I want to find that hidden a past of mine yeah and um I want to archive it so that's kind of one of my things like I I love all the digital stuff that everybody has going on but you know with scrapbooking and stuff like I feel like I need to publish and I say that with air quotes because <laughs> when I mean publish it I just mean like creating something of my own right um and just having like a profile page of each one of my family members oh, yeah. and yeah. then you know just
0: which is what I have, yeah. Uh,
2: yeah, and then just kind of um, documenting or taking what I have of documents. You know, I have, like, you know, for Reina, for example, you know, her mother has passed away. We have her, uh, you know, birth certificate and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I want to have something for her. I would love to be able to, um, you know, find her family roots also and create right. a tree for her because... Um, you know, her family that I know of is really small. I just know a couple of her family members. Well,
0: and the genetic parts of her family may be important someday as well because, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, that not having her mother, she only has an aunt and some half-siblings. and
2: She has two aunts and some half-siblings. Yeah,
0: and, and um, so so, you know, having those... Family history, you know, and the DNA could be very relevant to her at some point in her future.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, it's it's interesting how humanity is, um, because we do, like, you know, take pictures and things like that. But it's funny how we can forget so easily something from generations, recent generations right. past I always wonder, like, how do we have these, uh, you know, lost cities? You know, there are so many of them on our planet. And so many uh, times, like, uh, archaeologists are finding a new site where there's, like, rich wealth of um, history to be found. Mm -hmm. And it's like, how is that stuff just, like, forgotten? Um, But it literally is, like... In, in the, the United only takes, States, even. Right? Oh, yeah. yeah, just in the United States. Ghost towns. And, uh, there's yes. lots of ghost towns. Yes. Yeah. And I'm just like, how is it that we can forget over, like, it takes just four generations? Because yeah. there's where you have a disconnect where someone did not meet one of their ancestors because... One of them is deceased before the other one was born. Mm-hmm. That's all it mm-hmm. takes for you to completely forget a well, whole history's past. And that, and that
0: gap is getting um, larger. It I mean, really is, yeah. It, because the generation, the, because yeah, people are birth waiting. Rates. Yeah, yeah, the birth rates are slowing, and people are waiting longer to have children. So, you know, many times there's kids who never know their grandparents, mm-hmm. much less their great-grandparents. Their great-grandparents, so, yeah. Yeah.
1: Even if I don't have kids, I want to do this for me. Like, it was something that my dad started for me whenever he started doing this. And I want to continue that for the memory of my dad. And um, I know it's going to be difficult when I get to my mom's side because, you know, my grandmother has dementia, so she cannot tell me any of these things. And... I was just Same, thinking yeah. the other day that I know that my parents had a song. Well, I'm you know, I'm getting married soon, so in the next year. So um, Jason and I were talking about, you know, our songs and stuff like that. And I know my parents had a song, but I can't remember what it is. And, you know, they're not alive to tell me. So it's important that I do you know, these things now and write down our family history now because Mm -hmm. one day I'm going to forget. One day I'm going to get too old and forget. And maybe this might benefit my cousin's children or something like that if I don't have children of my own. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. It's it's a good thing, I think. I really do. It's it's interesting. It's fascinating. Um, There's obviously a lot more to talk about on it. Yeah, so um, definitely, we may have to come back to this topic later after <laughs> when Christmas. I actually yeah, get Aggeon. my results back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah. like um, and maybe we'll find out that Amber and I are related. Who knows? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> was one before. So. That was
1: one thing I was hoping to like find some kind of weird discovery like you did. But um, I mean, I have like uh, all this list of, and I'm still since I just got my results, I'm still I have to answer a bunch of questions oh, yeah, and yeah. everything like that.
0: Well, like I so, say, my, I still my have family potential tree is not there. So yeah, yeah, and Who I knows? need to add it to the the Who knows, you map, and so.
2: I might be related because I still have a whole well, side of my family that I don't know. Well, and that's and true, and here's that's another true. story
0: along those lines. I, back when I was doing all this paper genealogy stuff, um. I I was in the habit of uh, anytime I ran across a surname that I recognized, I would always ask, "Are you related to so and so?" You know, because yeah, that's often how you find um, those relatives and stuff. And there was a a kind of unique. I was on one of my um, Daniel D A N I E L L. That's one of my surnames that I research, and uh, I was looking for. Um, some records and there was a man on there who was also researching that same family line and his last name was Boatman, B-O-A-T-M-A-N. And I was like, I've only known two other Boatmans in my, you know, and I live in a big city. So I've only seen that name twice out, out of all these people, you know. And one of them was my husband's, well, technically three times, my husband's best friend in high school and his brother. That was two of them. And my son's dentist when he was about four years old. And I asked her about it, you know, and she was like, oh, I don't know. That was my husband's surname. So she could be related. I don't know. But, um, those were the only people I ever knew with that last name. And so I asked him, are you related to, uh, my husband's friend, Guy Boatman, um, who has since passed, sadly. But, um, he said, Oh yeah, he's my son. (laughs) And, and this is, I, this man is actually a cousin of mine many times back down through the line, you know? Um, but he actually is the father of one of my husband's best friends in high school. And, who would have ever figured, like I said, those psychic roots, you know, I, I got to read that book. So maybe we'll come back after I read the book and we'll talk about it some more. Hopefully Kristen will have her DNA testing done and maybe some of her family's um, names and information in her family tree. Maybe I'll have my family tree updated and, um, and we can talk about it a lot more but for this week i think that is where we need to call it. So um next week we are uh Amber is going to be our hostess. So what are we talking about, Amber?
1: Oh, we're talking about uh, therapy and self-care techniques. So guys come thinking about what you do for self-care.
0: That's important.
1: Yeah, important. I'm excited
0: about that one. Yeah, yeah, me too. I'm I'm uh looking for some new ideas because mm-hmm. Totally. Yes, (laughs) very much so. So um, I want to give a shout out to Red Door Studios and Creative Audio Tech for our equipment and for our lovely soundtrack that you hear at the beginning and end of all of our episodes. And if you are uh, a follower, please, please, please share the links to this podcast with your friends and go give us some good ratings so that we can bring more people in to hear this. Yeah. We want to hear from you. Yes. And comment on our blogs, go look at the blogs. You're only getting part of the story. If you're not, if you're not reading the blogs, because we, each of us posts another blog every week. Um, And so there's three new blogs that continue this conversation And we also have a Facebook chat group set up where you can post whatever you want. You can ask questions, you can comment on the podcast, you can bring up topics that we've talked about in the past, and um, it's a great place to carry the conversation on. So go over there, sign in, and join us there because we'd love to hear what you think. And um, that's it for this week, and we will... Be back next week with self-care. All right. That's it. Bye-bye. Bye.